0: Welcome to the Hip Hop Minded Professional with me, Joshua Rogers, as the master of ceremonies. If you're interested in knowing how rapping, DJing, breaking, graffiti, and the hip hop culture can positively influence your mindset, then you are in the right place. On this podcast, I speak to various professionals with a background in hip hop and go into how this background influenced their mindset and careers good day ladies and gentlemen today i'm sitting with a special guest and her name is dr crystal of hey crystal how's it going everything is well it's a
1: beautiful day here how are you
0: i'm doing good i'm doing good uh by me it's already evening by you you're 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 in the afternoon so, uh, my, yeah, my day yeah, is kind absolutely. of kind of on the a, on a ending, but it's a, it's a good day. Okay, good. And uh, Crystal, do, do tell, what all do you do, actually?
1: Well, I do a couple of things. Um, I am the executive director of the Lavool Group, and um, that's Lavool, like my last name. Yeah. And basically, I focus on helping schools attract, develop, and retain teachers, highly qualified teachers. So, I'm an educator. Uh I worked in a number of different um, capacities, wear a number of different educational hats. So as an educational consultant, I work with principals and uh, teachers helping to make sure that schools have a good climate and culture. I work on literacy development um, and making sure that strategies are really in place that type of thing to support the overall um, instruction of the school and i'm also a professor um i am now a faculty member at kennesaw state university which is in atlanta georgia yeah and um i you know basically have a support group that i do um, for educators and it's called educators who love to travel and we focus on learning through travel so we do professional development through our trips and we pretty much go on one trip at least us every quarter yeah and um, we see the world together and we learn about different things and we, we do professional development so those are the three main hats that i wear that's kind of what i do
0: and how, how did your let's say passion for education where, the, where does that come from
1: I think I always had an interest in education. I wasn't exactly sure in the beginning what I wanted to do, but I made a promise actually to my grandmother Mm -hmm. that I was going to get a teaching certification. And, um, I was interested in a few other things, but I, I had the teaching certification and I had an opportunity to do my student teaching and to work with a group called, um, Teachers Opportunity Corp in New York when I was doing my training, and once I started working with students, I really just fell in love. Uh-huh. So um, it was it was hard to turn away once I started seeing uh, success. You know, yeah, yeah. I started focusing on working with students mainly in my reading lab and seeing them grow and get stronger in their reading comprehension. You know, I was hooked. I, so i've been in education ever since even though of course i integrate hip-hop into all of the things that i do it still really is grounded in reading and literacy
0: yeah yeah and you so you made you made the bridge how do you yeah how, how do you apply hip-hop into it
1: so i've been been doing this teaching thing for about 20 years or so yeah and when i first started i had a group of students who were in a reading lab and as a reading specialist most of my students were um, performing three or four grade levels behind in reading so they were reluctant readers they were struggling readers yeah and I was struggling to to get them to read you know because it wasn't it wasn't something where they experienced success and what I just started doing when haphazardly at first was you know telling them a little bit about my background about my high school experiences and showing them different things like oh look here's a picture you know I took of LL Cool J or a picture of um, Run DMC or you know here's a train map have you ever seen graffiti on the train you know those yeah, type of yeah. things and I had their attention so once I had their attention I could kind of slip in some different things okay let's look at some articles about um, salt and pepper, you know, online, let's be yeah. this online. And then because I was a reading specialist, you know, I was able to say, well, if if you give me anything that they're reading, you know, printed literature, I'm going to teach grammar from that. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to teach sentence structure. You know, I'm going to teach comprehension. I'm going to teach everything I can from these couple of paragraphs. And that's really how it started. You know, ah. me just sharing a little bit about my interests I, I i went to high school in the bronx but i'm from brooklyn yeah but um you know the bronx at that time was so rich and on fire with talent that even though i wasn't a performer um i felt like i was connected to the culture so yeah yeah that was really the very beginning of me bringing my personal love into the classroom with you know with the work that i was doing with students
0: and and to and that, the- to give us an idea of, let's say, what what in let's say what time frame we're talking about, which were the so, the artists that well, were let's say yeah, coming up or you know popular at that <laughs> time.
1: Um, Run DMC, Curtis Blow, Salt and Pepper, Dana Dane, um, Dougie Fresh, you yeah. know. I, I'm, I'm sorry to say, I mainly was focused at that time on um, rappers from, you know, the tri-state area because that's where we were. Yeah, but that's where so, you were. That's, that's um, logical. Being, yeah. Right. Uh, right. So, Rakim being my, my favorite artist to this day, probably, you know, those were the main people who were, you know, hot at the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and do you, um, do you take your students also, let's say, I, um then I'm thinking really on Rakim because, let's say he, yeah, he's a he's he's a legend for let's say what yeah. he did qua yes. qua qua let's say structure, and then um, yeah. you know he he yeah. he he took it let's say to another level. Um, mm-hmm. if and looking at looking at it from like a reading perspective, let's mm-hmm. say now that I think on it, if mm-hmm. you would read, let's say his rhymes, and you would read the rest from that period in time, it's, it, it it would be, it's, it's totally different, of course.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and maybe that is, you know, one of the reasons why I'm such a fan, but, um, um, you know, I think at that time, other people also started to, you know, have students do things like analyze lyrics. Uh, Okay. Let's look at something, you know, that and wrote and, Let's look at, um, microphone fiend and let's, you know, talk about what this really means. Let's dissect it, you know, yeah, for, yeah. for comprehension. And everybody started doing that. So that, that, that became a thing. And, you know, professors were doing it in universities, yeah. which, you know, is, is still good. And, and through that over decades, you have more and more people, um, talking about writing about hip hop as a, a scholarly pursuit, you yeah. know. You have just oh my goodness, so many people like Trisha Rose, um, Jeff Chang, um, just, just a number of people who really made us made the world stop and look at the art form
2: yeah, yeah. in
1: a very different different way. So um, that's that's kind of how it started for me. And during that time, you know, I stayed in K twelve for a long time and. Became an assistant principal, a leader in, in the building, and um, having an opportunity to you know teach in another country in Abu Dhabi um, yeah. as a deputy principal. So, but no matter what I did, I always really took that focus, I guess, and found a way to integrate it. So when I started doing um, professional development, you know, working with teachers, I was able to still slip hip hop in.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah.
1: I would I would be t- teaching them, you know. Okay, this is this is how we introduce this the the, the vocabulary, you know. Yeah. But let me let me give you these different kind of techniques, but we're going to use I don't know, Watkins Hip Hop Matters as like part of our research to look and, and explain. So it was because that's what I enjoyed, and I thought it was a good way to connect with them. Yeah, and I I really believe it. It was, and then from that, you know, I started to do my own research. You know, with my own dissertation, and that was, you know, a little different, bit of a journey.
0: And and how did let's say how did the the teachers respond to this method? You know, I mean, for the you know, from from the students, you know, they're like this. It's it's really still let's say in ingrained in their lives. It's you know, it's it's something hip hop is it's 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 something from a let's say from a young generation, you know, that from that I say most people they get into it at a young at a young age and they uh-huh. they take it with them and now even more, you know, it's uh let's say people see it kind of as rebellious when you're in your teens, you know, that's that's the energy also you have and later on you keep growing with it as you know as you also know hip hop grows with the time you know the 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 ones who were let's say active then are still active now but they talk about other things and right it it, it goes with with each generation you know it it brings let's say a new vibe
3: how mm-hmm, how
0: mm-hmm. how did let's say the teachers taking that vibe because it could be maybe that some of them were not as into the culture as you are.
1: Mhm. Well, um and that was the case in 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 very many ways but if we're just talking about hip hop music because of course hip hop is so many things more than just yeah, the music even. Um but if we're just thinking about the music they, there's still so much variety. So no matter what my teaching population whether it was a group of I don't know. 50 year old um, white women, Mm -hmm. they were still able to understand the types of music that I brought to them because hip hop is that diverse. You know, I could find songs and lyrics that would I would still be able to teach personification. You know, that's what we're focused on. I would still be able to teach author's purpose. I would still be able to teach, you know, main idea uh, or um, cause and effect or whatever it was that we were focusing on. So it would be hard to argue, oh, this is not something legitimate to use because we're using it. And then I would do a lot of comparison. I would, you know, give a song as a lyric and then give a traditional text Yeah, yeah. or compare a song to. Um, Edgar Allan Poe's, you know, something by Edgar Allan Poe, something they were more familiar with, or use not even a song, you use um, an article written about um, someone in the hip hop community, and compare that to a newscast that was was given. You know, I would do yeah, a lot yeah. of comparison so that they would see different text forms so that it was a really hard argument to make that i don't understand or i don't get the point or this is not you know really teaching me how to use it yeah. because i was always completely focused on the objective the standard yeah, you know because yeah. i'm an educator Exactly. so it just it just so happened that you know there there's so hip hop is so rich that there was always something you know that I could find that would hit the point and even if they never heard the song sometimes I wouldn't even let them hear a the song sometimes I didn't even let them know it was a song
2: yeah yeah I would
1: just show them the words let's talk about what this means you know the purposes of this so um I did receive some questions like oh why are we doing this or why are you always talking about hip hop you know that kind of thing but I didn't get it that often I still don't don't and it's been yeah. 20 years now yeah. I still don't really get that kind of pushback
0: yeah. I, do. I don't. And, and that's We've now focused on, I call it the music element. But mm-hmm. of course, growing up where you grew up, it's not only about the music, it's the whole culture around it. Let's say the, it's the whole art form. It's, you have, let's say the, the graffitis on the train and, and yes. the the breakers on, on, let's say on the corner. How, yes, the how yeah, the B-boys, B-boys. How. Do you also take that with you in, let's say, how, when you discuss it?
1: Absolutely. So, um, for a lot of the work that I'm called to do with teachers, it's about instructional design, helping them get across, um, instruction, helping them connect to the students that they have. So that gives me a lot of freedom and leeway in terms of what I do and and how I do, um, And so a lot of it is reading based because, you know, I'm a literacy consultant. But um, even even showing them clips of individuals dancing um, on the street versus a dancing with the stars clip,
3: Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm.
1: having some conversation about um, imagery just based on those two clips is another example of something that doesn't have anything to do with lyrics per se, but it's still part of the hip hop culture talking about the way that um, fashion, as we know it, has been shaped and molded by what has happened in hip-hop. You know, from Shirt Kings on the Corner to, you know, um, Dapper Dan to just enough. forget about Russell Simmons and everything. He's done, P. Diddy, all of these different people who came from the hip-hop community who have things in Saks Fifth Avenue right now, you know? So just having conversation, nobody can deny that, you know? You can't really say, oh, well, th- this doesn't have an influence. Yeah. It doesn't have any impact because it, you know, look at, look at how hip-hop is influencing Japanese culture right now.
2: Yeah,
0: there's it mean, re- there's, it's really strong there. And, but, absolutely. But also, as you, uh, you, you mentioned the name, that's Dapper Dan. He, mm-hmm. he's a, he now has actually a, a great influence on fashion basically right. also Isn't he, from working with Gucci right yeah he is and that let's and let's say he's he did it before let's say in on on his come up on the, in a way that you know they they were not all too happy with but
3: mm-hmm.
0: now he's actually he works for them and consults for them, so then you cannot deny that the the influence it has worldwide actually basically Absolutely. him him how he does it in fashion I know in um in africa there's really let's say they 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 use hip hop in a, a political statement
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know i I've, I, I saw a, a short documentary on how their hip hop community actually influences what happens in politics it's, oh, so it's real wow. strong there
1: right right i mean that's that's some powerful things and i don't think anybody could have predicted that this would be happening right now. You know, I don't, I don't think even the strongest fan, even the most um, astute observer, I don't think anybody really saw this impact coming. No. But, um, but it's here, you know, this, this, this is the reality right now. So it's a beautiful time. I think it's a beautiful time for scholars, for um, individuals who just love and appreciate the culture um, you mentioned something about the the political piece of of hip hop, and um, when I decided to go back to school and and get my doctorate, I knew that I wanted to focus on hip hop because of the work that I had been doing in my classroom with my students. Yeah, but yeah. I wasn't sure like what exactly I wanted to do. I I didn't I didn't have something specific, but what I ended up writing my my whole. Um, Dissertation on hip hop, and my dissertation is called "Wordsmith: a- Examining the Role Hip Hop Texts Play in Viewing the World." Yeah, and I used um, two different types of um, ways, pretty much, to interview. I use um, music elicitation and photo elicitation. Yeah, and for the music elicitation, I basically asked my um, participants to tell their story through music so pretty much make a musical timeline of their life and tell me about how these different songs influenced and shaped who they were oh, nice. who they are and who they think they might have become yeah it was it was really powerful yeah
3: yeah, it's really, um, yeah that's and, nice
1: yeah it was i mean it was it was something that i was thinking about and you know reading about and so i wanted to try it and i did the same thing photo elicitation is pretty much the same thing i'm going to show you these different images these different photos and you respond and tell me what it makes you feel and makes you think and, and that type of thing. Yeah. And, um, T I is, is featured in my dissertation. And so is killer Mike. I have some, some educators and some other entrepreneurs, Jason Jeter from Grand Hustle is, is also in my dissertation. Yeah. And, um, killer Mike is very political.
0: Yeah, I know. You know,
1: the, I, you, you know, you're familiar yeah, with him. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, I
0: watched the, for example, uh, the trigger warning,
3: yeah, and, absolutely. And
0: what's um what's also so what I what I like about it is you know he he triggers you to think in a different way, you know? Yes. The the, yes. the what ifs. You know, to so,
3: Absolutely. Uh, and,
0: and let's say and he's he's really he re, he's really strong in that. And absolutely. you also mentioned that say uh, TI, he's also really political active. So
1: Absolutely. And, um, I was, I was, I was able to, you know, get them to talk about some of these different elements, politics, and economics that are embedded in the African-American community. Yeah. And this was back in 2012. You know, yeah, we were yeah. talking about these things in 2012 because I graduated in 2014. And, you know, then for me to see killer, uh, killer Mike come out with trigger warnings was just, it was just beautiful. It was just so poetic to me because yeah. I'm like, yes, that's. That's absolutely what he was saying, and, yeah,
0: and what that, he's
3: always said. yeah
0: you know, but that, that's, oh, that's, that that's yeah, that's really nice because then you let's say you 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 were there in the beginning and you actually see it happening, you know it's like oh yeah, like oh, like he, he you know it's like, oh, he actually did it, yeah. yeah,
1: absolutely, and so you know it's i'm I'm you know over here in the corner in the background, just you know clapping like, oh wow, that's great, and the same thing with with tip t I was talking about. You know neighborhood empowerment and um making you know your impact in the community way back then you know and to see some of the things that he's doing now it's like it's it's just a beautiful thing yeah it's just a beautiful thing so um i knew that i wanted to focus on hip-hop and through my through my dissertation i was able to you know hear from some of these individuals who maintain a hip-hop um identity over the years so for for Tip and for Killer Mike, it's obvious how, you know, they're in in hip hop. But I also interviewed um, principals and teachers and a person, you know, was a tech person and um, someone who it owns a beauty parlor and, you know, these other individuals that it might not be as obvious that, that they have a hip hop identity. Yeah. But yet they have one too. And yeah. they were able to engage in the same way that the others were. And so, um the result of you know putting all of that research together and then combining it or kind of coming back around to it in 2018 i was able to write write that book that i yeah. that i was able to um, publish this year. Yeah. So and and for it's been a wonderful journey
0: and and for the ones who don't know which book you wrote what is your book called
1: it's called read write rhyme institute educators entertainers and entrepreneurs engaging in hip-hop discourse so read write rhyme institute
0: Ah, and while doing these interviews did you um see maybe a pattern in the mindset these individuals have
1: now that is a good question so, while I was collecting my data and 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 going through everything, I started to see two different um schools of thought maybe mm-hmm. um one i I basically identified as hip hop elite individuals who maintain a hip hop identity who were connected to the culture who loved hip hop, who could spit rhymes, who mm-hmm. you know purchased things and and they were really connected, but they weren't producers of, of the culture. Yeah. Yeah. And so I identified them as hip hop elite and then hip hop essentials being everyone else who was involved in the culture, but basically earned their living from the production of co- of the culture from, you know, obviously rappers,
3: people mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. were,
1: um, you know, hip hop dancers, B-boys, B-girls, individuals who who created the artwork um, of the culture, who were entrepreneurs. All of those
3: people yeah, basically
1: yeah. I, I identified as hip-hop essentials. And and so I'm writing and have written and, and, and still am writing about that, you know, that different perspective because hip-hop is such a big pool. But, you know, some of, sometimes our lenses are, are somewhat different.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But every, everyone looks at it from, from their perspective, of course. Right. Let's say the, the essentials... Look at it different than than the other ones because they're in the making you know right. it's it's like uh it's like a a painter, a plumber mm-hmm. and an electrician walking mm-hmm. to a house each right. of them they see something different, so the painter is gonna look look at the walls and she's like okay that paint that that has to change that 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 isn't that that spot there is incorrect. You know, and the Mm -hmm. the plumber and electrician, they just look at the wall. Okay, yeah, that's it's painted, it's white, it looks good. (laughs) You know, and so because everyone has their different perspective, and when you when you also when you combine it is is when the house is built. You know, then then the house is complete, and I think it's Mm the is I think it's like the same from the two different. From the hip-hop essentials and also the other ones on the other side and how they look mm-hmm. at hip-hop and how they let's say how 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 they live it you know they they right. both live it in a, in in a different way but it's still one one unique movement
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes i agree that's a great way to explain it
0: and if you would look at the let's say the the two fractions i'm going to call them
3: mm-hmm.
0: what what is the what is the biggest difference you see between them
3: um
1: what is the biggest difference i think um for hip hop elite mm-hmm. i think because their bread and butter doesn't come from the culture they're not um as easy to identify Mm uh and i think that they have a very different um view of what's happening Mm -hmm. you know and people ask me because of the work that i do and you know because of my book and some of the other things that i speak about people ask me well you know do you perform and i i have to say i'm a hip-hop elite i'm not a hip-hop essential i don't right now um I'm not producing something that is directly absorbed by the culture yeah. but I think that both are kind of um they play together. Yeah. But there are some people who can be both you yeah. know at the same time. You are a producer and and you are um a consumer as well. But I think I don't think it's a it's a us against them I think that it's just like you said, a different perspective, and yeah. when we bring these pieces together, we have the culture that we know you know it it you you just can't have people producing music or producing um clothes or producing these things, and no one to consume it, yeah, yep, you know what i mean so so you 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 need you need both, so I think that um, the perspective is really the main difference between the two. The love is the same.
2: Yeah, the, the love
1: is the same.
2: Yeah,
0: because um, then I'm gonna go go back into into my background. So I let's say my I, my passion for hip hop developed when I was in my teens,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and it developed in such a way that I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna start. I'm I'm gonna start writing rhymes. That's that's okay. So I started, let's say, I always say around sixteen, but it's probably before that. Sixteen is when we got together as a group, and I grew up in the Caribbean. So mm-hmm. let's say hip hop is not as prevalent as it is in the U.S., but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we, yeah, we had BET. We could watch everything, and then you know you you get you get the vibe. Right. So then we we came together, and we're like okay, you know what we're we're going to we're going to do something with this because we have okay. a bunch of a bunch of us are 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 into the music we started writing our own rhymes we started spitting let's 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 see what we can do with this mm-hmm. so then i was like and you know i was busy creating and then afterwards in my let's say around the age of 23 approximately the, the creating became less,
3: uh-huh.
0: and then I went. To, then then I started. To, then it was more on the consuming end. You know, but you, you once once you create, it's the the itch is always there. So it's it's it it's not it's not you you can't turn it off. L- let me cool. let's let, let me put it like that. This and I think okay, if you if you really have a passion for it, then you can't turn it off. Because I can, mm-hmm. I can, I can walk in somewhere. I can, I can hear a beat, and my mind automatically starts to create something. Or I right. can, or I can hear something, and my mind automatically remixes something. You know, it's it, <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it it goes automatically. Mm-hmm. And then later on, as I I I did a bunch of things in my career. I worked. Uh, I did finance. I worked in the social sector, and then later when i was like, okay i'm gonna go into coaching okay i'm gonna be a coach but what 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 is what is it that what 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 is unique to me and i was like but all from as long as i can remember you know hip hip hop is is my thing that the the music you not know, the graffiti the the the, how, the way how they use the colors the style um the way our our dj works the way how Let's say an event goes from the start of the evening when there's a party to the end of the evening. That <laughs> th- that that is all me. Mm-hmm. So, what can I do with this? And I was like, okay, I can I can use it within within the within workshops I give. And I start thinking even further. Okay, it's one thing for me to use it in a, in as in a workshop. But what can I what can I do? for let's say youngsters or people like me who is that okay they might be uh, they might want to be uh let's say they're good in graffiti what mm-hmm. can they do with graffiti later on and then decided you know I'm going to create something that they can also use their skills to help others right and th- and that's basically how so my my company came about I was like okay this this is gonna be the goal this is what we're gonna go for this i'm gonna this is it's it's my passion but it's also a passion of millions of people around the world right. one way or another and it you can do so much with it then why not just do it
3: right right you know i agree completely mm-hm
0: so, so, and from that end, I understand the the let's say the different perspectives mm-hmm. from the elite and the essentials, because
3: right, you know, as
0: being an essential, you know, like you 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 create with a type of mindset, but as an an elite, you still have an, another mindset that actually, it, it it's 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 they strengthen one another.
2: Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: They help support one, one kind of makes the other work even harder or better or more efficient. And um, I think it's, it's, it's just part of, of what it is. And, and it may, if I, if I pay closer attention, I can probably see even more, um, you know, subcategories. If I, if if the research is furthered, you can see even more nuances, you know, even within hip hop essentials or within hip hop elite. But, Um, That's one of the things that came to surface, you know, immediately um, through the research. And and one of the other things that I found interesting was um, that there was no way for the participants to talk about hip hop and not really be just talking about things that were um, relevant to the black community.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like it was no way to just focus on, you know, the culture and not talk about the larger black community culture. Yeah. Um it was just it was just impossible for them for them to just focus on that. So they we were talking about things that had really nothing to do with hip hop but you know focusing on the poor people's campaign. For yeah. example, um starting from what Martin Luther King was trying to do in the United States to, you know, focusing on the political agendas of today to all of these other things where we started talking about hip hop but you know it kept warping into all of these different areas because of the people, because it's all about the people and the people have all of these different areas of concern. So that was interesting too.
0: And with your, with your, um, you've, you've, you've traveled internationally.
1: Yes. Have you, uh, have you
0: seen, let's say the, um, the similarities between the, let's say the, the, the black culture or struggle that took place and still takes place, and let's say the um, on the international end, how how people the the, the hip hop consumer on that end, how they take in that culture, and if and how they see the links between their Let's say local culture issues, struggles, challenges, and the one in the US?
1: That's a difficult question. Um, my experiences in Abu Dhabi, I I I saw so many people from the United States mm-hmm. in Abu Dhabi. Um, so it's hard to say What the experiences of the local community was like um, in terms of hip hop, because you would see a lot you would hear and see a lot of hip hop similar to what we were experiencing in the States. But those were people from the U.S. who were just there. Ah, not people from Abu Dhabi who was there. So that's a difficult question. But when you listen to the radio, you have more of of a perspective. I I, I think you see a little bit more of, um, the Arab culture kind of coming into place. And, um, you know, there's definitely that influence of hip hop, um, there too. I don't think it's as strong as some other places. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but you definitely see the influence as well. Even something as simple as seeing the men in their condors with their baseball hat. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I think I've, I've, that's a hip hop influence. You yeah. know, um, they weren't wearing baseball caps with their condors you know, 20 years ago, 20 years 10 ago. years ago.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but, you know, something as small as, as, as that, I think is, is significant because you, you, you know where it comes from. Yeah. You know where that influence is, is, is coming from but the culture is um so different so I can't really say how much of a hip-hop influence there is for the native-born um Emiratis I'm not quite sure I don't think I can really speak on that but you hear hip-hop over there all the time but I think the primary consumers are from the U S and from the UK
3: yeah, that
2: yeah.
1: are just over there at the time. I could be wrong, but that, that, that was my experience. Yeah. Now, um, there are a lot of people from, from India and South Africa and the UK over there as well. And you see more of a hip hop influence on some of them mm-hmm. than, um, maybe some of, of the, the natives to, um, to the United Arab Emirates. Yeah. So, you know there is the influence you see it you can see it in the clothing in the malls and and different things like that but i don't think it's as strong as it may be in another place like brazil or um different parts of japan or wherever so yeah oh,
2: okay.
0: that's my
1: thought
2: yeah yeah
0: and what um what, what what do you find are the biggest takeaways from the culture
1: from hip hop culture? Yeah. The biggest takeaway, I, th- I think the entrepreneurial piece has really come to the forefront. You know, it was almost like the ugly stepchild um, behind rap and DJing and graffiti and dance. But um, I think now that entrepreneurial piece is uh, as strong as anything. I think you see more people um, starting their own hip hop related businesses than Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. ever before, you know? So I think one of the strong takeaways is, you know, own your own stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: Own your own stuff. And it doesn't matter what, what that stuff is, whether we're talking about, you know, your, your masters, we're talking about your, your um, intellectual property, whatever we're talking about, you know, I think that's been the, the takeaway we've seen, individuals who have kind of led the way and we see even more you know of course i'm i'm um, so proud of jason jeter and some of the things that he's doing and he's working with artists in a in a, in a very unique way but you know one of his messages is you know you you, you have to establish something that you can have some influence over you can't just be completely controlled you know so i think that's one of the strongest takeaways that we need we, we we need to push that entrepreneurial piece as far as we can push it
0: yeah and do and do you um do you find that that entrepreneurial piece is that it's getting more ingrained into let's say today's youth
1: Oh, absolutely. These millennials, I mean, they just, they just have taken things to a whole nother level. You know, there's so much that I am learning from, you know, new teachers that I'm working with that are, you know, the age of, of my children very yeah. much and learning from my children. It's just like things that I may have been kind of scared or not quite sure about. They just jump right into the deep end of the pool. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's nothing. So, um, That's something, you know, for everybody to kind of take note of, you know, so what if it fails? You know, if it fails, it fails and you do something else. Just don't be afraid to get your feet wet, go ahead and and get out there. So I think um, today's generation really sometimes they, you know, do some things that's just I don't know, but they're not afraid to do it. And there's a beauty in that. There's a beauty in
2: that.
0: Yeah. And then fearless. Exactly. They're (laughs)
2: they <laughs> they
0: yeah you could say they're fearless, yeah, or at least you know they they just try it, and if it doesn't work, you know it doesn't work it doesn't
1: work, it doesn't work let's, right yeah just scrap it and do something
0: else yeah, let's go let's go do something else, you know right. and um and how do you how do you see the um, let's say the 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 bridging of the generations in this as you said like for for you you see you, you get to learn from from your, let's say your peers, but also people that are the, the the millennials, How how do you see the bridging of the, how do you see hip hop's influence in the bridging of that gap?
1: I think, um, there needs to be more purposeful mentoring. Mm
3: -hmm. Um,
1: I would love to see more executives, you know, take junior execs under their wing, um, more DJs do the same more people who are into the artistic elements um you know take on pro basically i think that needs to happen and i think there needs to be cross um uh branding you know what i mean like individuals okay you make music but someone else is in um does um, fashion or um, wardrobe or, you know what I mean? Something like that. And I I think as as we learn to work with other people, um, there will automatically be space for intergenerational collaborations. When people who are pretty much the old guard, whoever that might be, you know understand that there's a little bit to learn there's a lot to learn by listening to some of these new ideas that individuals are coming with and then the individuals need to know that they don't know everything yeah. you know the young people you have great ideas but you know nothing beats experience and then you put those two things together you got a powerful team yeah but you got to understand that you know, you, you need to put those two things together and stop working separately. So yeah, yeah. I think you know, there's there's a lot of room and space for that. And I think if people are more purposeful about um, reaching back and reaching up, I think you know we will really be able to get
0: somewhere. Okay. And now, going back to your book,
3: mm-hmm.
0: how 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 did you let's say come upon writing the book? It's just, um, you were just busy and then it's like, I'm going to write a book or (laughs) did it go? uh, Take us into that process.
1: (laughs) Well, um, I think I had it on my heart um, to do for a couple of years. Like, you know, right after I graduated, you know, finished my dissertation, I I had it on my heart. But I really just didn't put the time and energy into it Mm -hmm. until I I traveled abroad. Um, being away from my family um, gave me more time to yeah. really think about what I wanted to do, and um, the first thing I did was go back to my research and kind of you know look at what my participants said, and then I began to reach back out to them. Well, that's what you said in 2012. What do you say now? Yeah, yeah. That's what you said then. What do you say? You know, so many things have happened. So I kind of. Um, basically extended the research and that's how I built the basis for the book um, looking at this 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 long time period of what has happened and um, viewing hip hop culture broadly mm-hmm. through the eyes of these different people who were entertainers and inter- um, entrepreneurs and um, educators and yeah. just kind of you know pulling all of that all of that together, you know, was was what I did for the book. And um, it was a very really um, interesting process. It took me about two years to do. Yeah. And um, it it is it is more geared to um, scholarship. Mm-hmm. So I wrote it with college courses in mind. Yeah. I wrote it for people like myself who are at the university level who wanted to have um, a a reference when they're teaching, because there are so many courses that are somehow related to hip hop. They're in English departments and social science departments and history. They're all over the place. So I wrote it with that kind of um, audience in mind, Mm -hmm. but since it's come out, you know, a lot of um, high school teachers, especially English and social studies have gravitated to, to the book and then just, you know, different people they're, that, you know, they're, they're just interested in the culture, um, especially since it has a lot of uh, rich dialogue. Yeah, I tried to, I, I really wanted to make it kind of like a cipher. So even at times where I asked a question of all the participants, yeah. I constructed their responses as though they were, you know, engaged in this conversation together. But, Ah, that's that's nice. yeah, 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 yeah. but they they weren't, you know, they were in different parts, especially, you know, when I did my follow up, you know, I'm in Abu Dhabi, you know, Jason Jeter is in New York and Killer Mike is in Atlanta and TI might be in LA, you know what I mean? But they're all kind of speaking to the same thing at the same time. So that's kind of what I want to do. Like, oh, if we were all, you know, spitting in this cypher, this is what it would sound like. Yeah, Yeah. So, you know people who are just interested in that um are kind of gravitating to the book too so
0: oh, but that's, the, uh, that's, that's what i did yeah that, but that's that's really nice and if you look at um let's say the 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 point a interview and then mm-hmm. afterwards the the point b okay how how do you think about it now right did it did it did it change a lot or this was it still let's say a little bit a little bit the same without giving away too much of the book of course
1: (laughs) (laughs) right you want people to get the book exactly Um, I don't think it changed too much Um, I think one thing that surfaced in the um, 2018 kind of overview was more conversation about women because now you have Cardi B on the scene and She's Mm -hmm. doing all of these different things. And Lil' Kim was in one position, you know, then. And now she's in a different position. And then you have Nicki Minaj and, you know, some different things that she's been doing. So, um, that really didn't come out in my um, dissertation research. Yeah, yeah. But it did come out and it's in the book. You know what I mean? so, um, some of those things just because these things were coming up in the culture, um, Originally, there wasn't a lot of conversation about power couples like a Jay-Z and Beyonce, yeah, yeah. you know, and that kind of thing. Like, what does that mean for a little um, girl or boy, wherever in the world to see what they're doing and what are they doing? What is yeah. that, you know, and that kind of conversation and what does that look like um, from different eyes? So those kind of things are in the book that really wasn't talked about in the beginning.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, from um, le- let's say, from a from a female perspective, mm-hmm. how how do you look at the culture, the the imagery? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's you know it's, it's a question that, that that you know that that pops up that pops up in my mind immediately, right. especially since let's say now let's say on the on the let's say on the second run, it's something that's mm-hmm. that. That is more prevalent in the answers that you get, of course.
1: Right. Woo, um, so I'll answer it by saying this. Um, after I did the research and, and finished everything with the book, um, I wrote with um, a co author an article called the bad bitch barbie craze and beyonce mm-hmm. yeah african-american women's bodies and commodities and hip-hop culture images and media and that article is about from two women
3: mm-hmm. to
1: black women to black american women kind of what we see as um a a, a overemphasis on um sexuality hypersexuality yeah. and Women's, Im- um, women's images in hip hop and other, you know, media forms yeah, too. Yeah. And it's not it's not a bashing kind of thing. Even though we know we know there's a lot of misogyny in hip hop. We know we know that that that's been discussed, examined, and and um, talked about in a lot of different ways. But I think um, my perspective, at least in the in, in the article that I'm referring to, mm-hmm. is you know a lot of people have made conscious decisions they've made conscious decisions to allow their images to be manipulated in in such a way, you know, for their, for their profit. Yeah. yeah. And that is what it is. Um, that that is what it is. I don't think that, I don't think that there's as much negativity in hip hop lyrics Mm -hmm. as there used to be. There Mm -hmm. was probably a period from I don't know 96 to 2006 that it was just ridiculous Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. everything was just very negative um towards women and you know just very disrespectful but I think that um the culture has grown out of that 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 there's been um more of a shift you still see some of it but I don't think it's nearly what it was maybe people grew up Maybe yeah. people um, recognize, you know, that that is um, derogatory, and it makes the whole culture, you know, pulls the whole culture down. Maybe people have gotten a better respect for women um, since then. I would like to think all of those things.
0: Yeah, I yeah. would like
1: to think that. Um, I don't know what has caused the shift, but I do think there is there has been a shift.
0: And do and um, so let's say there there is a shift that there is a shift and there's also a shift let's say in let's say the the female artists
3: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, how how do you think this shift let's say affects not affects or influences let's say yeah, women females themselves i mean now it's really be, besides the the imagery what i mm-hmm. what i also look at is the 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 message and the mindset that these ladies portray and mm-hmm. i i i i separate those two because the for example and the image let's say the barbie image right is loose from the Successful female mindset.
3: Right,
1: right. I think that um, there's definitely room for so many more um, women in hip hop, whether we're talking about, you know, rappers or um, other elements of the culture. But Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that there's still too much of a reliance on beauty or what, what is considered attractive or sexy or or all of these things. Um, even on the artists that downplay it, I, I think that it still comes up. You know, I think that in the U.S. anyway, yeah. it still comes up no matter who they are, what, how great they
3: are as a,
1: in terms of being the lyricist. It still kind of rears its ugly head, I think, because... You have so much male dominance and, you know, the male gaze is such an issue. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I think women are kind of pushing back and saying, hey, look, I'm here to do this. I'm here to spit these, this ramen and that's what I'm about. And I think men are starting to respect that. I think they're starting to take notice the way that they did before. You yeah, know, yeah. there was, you know, during the Queen Latifah days, a whole crop of artists that was like, no, nah, that's not what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. And men got it and they understood it but yet, you know, we, we did a shift. So I don't know if it's a wave. I don't know if this is a new trend. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but I think women have said, no, you know, that's, that's not what I'm presenting to you. This is what I'm presenting to you. And I'm gonna stand firm on that. And I think that they're getting, it's like a groundswell. It may not be, you know, over the top right now, Mm -hmm, but I mm -hmm. think it's growing. I think it's growing
0: and and let's say if we take that stance and we zoom out to mm-hmm. um I'm going to call it a, a a whole society as a whole so not per se the the hip hop community but let's say the worldwide worldwide community mm-hmm. do you see a let's say a, a parallel in how how these things interact for the I the relation, so. the relationship between let's say men, women perception in those in whatever field.
1: I think that, um, the whole world is shifting. You know, the me too movement was, was, had a very powerful part, um, to play in, in that I think women are, um, starting to demand certain things that, um, didn't really happen, whether we're talking about just in day to day society or or the workplace or or wherever. I think that um, there is definitely more of a shift on um, becoming um, respected for whatever it is that you're bringing to table, to the yep, table, yep. not the things that you were born with biologically, you know, physiologically, but yep. but what what gift you're bringing in terms of your art form. So I, I, I think we're moving towards that. We have such a long way to go. <laughs> um, I mean, even in comedy, just this and not just in, you know, when we zoom out, like yeah, just yeah. women in general, it it's a tremendous amount of pressure on women to do whatever you're doing, but also be beautiful. Do whatever you're doing, but also be sexy. Do whatever yeah, yeah. you're doing, but also be witty. Do whatever you're doing, but also be approachable. You know what I mean? Men, I don't think have that type of, Pressure and they're not told those type of things. It's like, no, do whatever you're doing, and that's it. yeah, yeah. just be, a, be a, the best at that. But women have all of these other things kind of put upon them. and in different parts of the world, oh my goodness, it's even more. you yeah. know it's even more. So that's still a fight. that's still a little bit of a battle that um, you know we're, we're struggling every day. Women are still you know not getting paid for doing the same job as as men
3: in yeah, many yeah.
1: parts of the world that's still happening you know as we speak that hasn't really um balanced itself out yet and we have women doing everything there's no job that women don't do really now yeah yeah um you know so it's still a
2: struggle
0: it's yeah, still a it's, struggle it's still it's, it's still a, it's still a
3: struggle and mm mm-hmm.
0: Do you see, let's say, hip hop as the the movement that it has become? Let's say, if you look at day one to what it is now. Let's say, now we already said it earlier. There were probably nobody could have predicted that it would have, that it would be the machine it is now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that hip hop being the machine it is now? it can influence all the, let's say the, the stuff we talked about. So the way our women are perceived, um, the way, let's say the, the mindset of women, all of those things. Do you think it's, it's a strong enough vehicle to positively influence that now?
1: I think so. If we have women in, in, in powerful positions, um, behind the mic, You know, Mm -hmm. not just, you know, women who are record executives, women who are promoters, women who are um, managers, you know, women who are doing more things that really help define what we actually see. When an artist comes to the table, you know, they come in a way that's very different from the package polish presentation we see sometimes when they First you know, show up on a uh, whoever's show, yeah you yeah. know some who's in their ear, you know, if we can change some of that conversation, we can change some of the expectations for for them behind the scenes, not just have more women on the mic you know that I don't think that's ever been the problem, I don't think that's ever been the problem. it's all of the other people who are involved in some way that are saying, no, this is what you have to do, sweetie, to make it yeah um, when we have more more women. In those seats, I think we'll see a, a quicker change. I think we'll see a quicker change
3: All
0: right, all right, all right. Hmm. and I'm thinking do I have anything else that I want to ask or that pops up <laughs> and I honestly don't have anything in mind so okay then the, we
1: covered a lot
0: so yeah we, got, we covered we cover we went, it went from we we basically covered everything I think education mm-hmm. we covered we covered society we covered the influence of the culture
3: mm-hmm.
0: so and if someone wants to get in contact with you find your book or where all can they find you what, which social media channels website <laughs> um which okay. smoke signal which what whatever you whatever you prefer <laughs>
1: Pigeon carrier.
0: Um,
1: well, the good thing about my last name is there aren't many with it. Um, so my last name is Lavoul, L a capital V O U L L E. And if you pretty much Google Lavoul on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, anything, you're going to find me. So I'm crystal Lavoul. They can find, um, my website at lavoul.com.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so it's it's not a hard thing if you spell if you spell my name right you know say what you like to spell my name right
2: yeah yeah spell
1: my name right they can find me l-a-v-o-u-l-l-e
0: thank you i would like to thank you for taking the time out and having a chat and i would tell anyone who's listening just reach out because I also just reached out and you just immediately responded and uh, you know you have a nice vibe and I I've, thank you. I I like that you know I like people with a nice vibe you know and that, that they thank they you. also stay you know open to contacts and uh, you know sharing their views and I so
3: mm-hmm.
0: f- for the listeners I would say definitely contact and make sure to check <laughs> out the book
3: <laughs> yes
1: yes please do thank you
0: Crystal, thank you very much. And to to the listeners, see you on the next episode of the podcast. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hip Hop Minded Professional. Make sure to subscribe at your favorite streaming platform so that you don't miss the next episode. And make sure to visit hiphopculturecoaching.com for more information on how hip hop helps your mindset.